0: Life is filled with both sunshine and storms, but without God's navigation, souls can easily become spiritually shipwrecked. Anchored in Christ is a weekly broadcast that ministers the scriptures so we can know Christ the Savior and enjoy salvation, security, strength, and stability found only in Him as we set sail through life's marvelous journey. Here's Pastor David Kehiwat. Today we're going to continue in our sermon series entitled Weathering the Storms of Life from Mark chapter 4 verses 35 through 41, which the Bible says, And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full." And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray and ask God's blessing on this sermon today. Dear God, once again, we thank you so much for the power of your word. We thank you for how we can encourage us and exhort us, and ultimately it exalts you. And I just pray, dear God, that you would use this message and minister to hearts of people who might be going through a storm right now, or are coming out of a storm, or will be going into a storm And we'll thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In this sermon series, we've discussed a few things to consider as we all go through difficult times in our lives. No one is exempt from going through difficulties. I'm sure we've all experienced times of trouble, trauma, and turbulence in life. There are some today struggling with finances. You might be in a tempestuous marriage, or you might have just found out that you'll be needing to find employment or even a different place to live. Someone today may be dealing with a wayward child, or you've just learned of some hard news from your doctor that has informed you of a serious disease you or a loved one may have. Well, storms in life are part of what we all go through. Some of you may be in one right now, or have just gone through one, or in the near future about to enter one. When these stormy seasons come, this passage is a tremendous help to us Because through them, we must keep in mind a few things. From this passage in the weeks past, we have discussed that to weather life's storms, we must remember who designs the storms. It's Jesus who designed the storm that he and his disciples weathered. We remember his promises in the storm. The Bible tells us that Jesus told the disciples, "Come, let us pass over to the other side. And then we also are to remember His presence in the storm. The Bible tells us very clearly that He was in the hinder part of the ship. And then we are to remember His peace in the storm, where Jesus commanded the winds and the waves, Peace be still. And then we are to remember His purpose in the storms. He said to His disciples, How is it that you have no faith? He wanted them to grow in faith. And then last time we looked at uh, this passage of Scripture, And we are to remember who directs the storms. And we also found out in that message that Jesus directs it by His will. He commanded the disciples, let us pass over to the other side. That was what His desire was. His will was to get the disciples to the next level of faith. And then we also saw that Jesus directs it by His works. He caused the winds and the waves to come because He's the creator of all things. And He is the one who stilled the storm. And so today as we finish this series, let's discuss the final lesson that God teaches us. And it's this. We've seen remember who designs the storms. We've seen remember who directs the storms. Today we'll finish off this sermon series As we look at, Remember Who Dampers the Storm. And I'd like for us to focus on the disciples' words when they said, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? By way of overview, please allow me to review the main players in this scene. First, there are the servants, the disciples, who had seen Christ perform miracles and had just finished hearing the greatest sermon ever preached. There, the Sermon on the Mount. They are commanded of Christ that they were to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and in the middle of the sea, the storm introduced itself to them in a forceful way, and they became sore afraid. Secondly, the second player that we find is the storm that raged with hurricane-forced gales and threatened the lives of the disciples. Upon being rebuked by Christ, this storm submitted to its Creator." The third player that we see in this scene is the Savior who was present with His servants the entire time. He was silently sleeping and taught them the greatest lesson that they would ever learn. And today, we're not going to focus on the servants. Today, we're not going to focus on the storm. But today, we're going to focus on the Savior and hopefully answer the question that the disciples had. What manner of man is this? Often difficulties cause us to question God and His goodness. We pray and pray and sometimes it seems like God isn't hearing us as if He's asleep. What we often pray for, however, is that the storm would just pass over. We want our storm or situation to get better. What we don't realize is that God isn't concerned about stilling the storm that is raging externally but rather he's more concerned about our seeking him to still the storm internally in our hearts, souls, and minds. My dear friend, storms of life can be real, and they can be earth-shattering. However, the point of this account in Scripture is not about surviving the storm. If all we ever seek is relief from the storm, then we are missing God's point in this lesson. In every storm of life, God has something to improve in our hearts and souls. No matter how hard life can be, no matter how turbulent your soul might be going through, no matter how severe the storm of life is, God is using it for our good. Romans chapter 8, verses 28 and 29 says, "...and we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose." For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. What God wants for us is to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. He wants us to learn more about Him. He wants us to learn more about Jesus Christ. And He's revealing Jesus to us. We all have much to learn about ourselves and about God. And the more we learn about God and His mind, it is only then that we grow in grace. And as we look at the one who dampers the storm, I'd like for you to see several things in this passage. First of all, I want you to remember a few things about God. First, I want you to remember that God always responds to our call. In verse number 38, the Bible says, And he, speaking about Jesus Christ, was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And verse number 39 tells us, And he arose. I am so thankful that when the disciples called to their master, Jesus Christ arose. In their hour of distress and difficulty, these disciples called out to their master. And there are times that God will bring storms our way so that we find dependency and call out to Him. God wants to show Himself to us. Psalm 50, verse number 15 says, And call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Psalm 91, 15. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. I am so glad that when we call out to God, He answers. These disciples called out to Jesus and their cry even implied that Jesus was unconcerned about them while He slept. But even in His sleep, as we spoke about last time, Jesus was aware of them because God never sleeps. While Jesus in fleshly form needed rest, as God in deity form, he still never sleeps. Psalm one twenty one three. He will not suffer thy foot foot to be moved, he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Jesus directed the situation in the lives of the disciples to bring them to a point of desperation to call upon him to reveal who he is, a God who desires to hear his people call to him, so that he might help them. When a person cries out to God, God will always hear these kind of prayers. First, God always hears the call of the repentant sinner. Romans ten thirteen, the Bible tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Calling upon the name of the Lord and believing in Jesus Christ are in effect the same thing, because calling on God supposes in Him as the object of faith. The one who truly believes that Jesus is God and depends on His redeeming work in His death, burial, and resurrection is promised that God will respond to this call. God will pardon the sinner's guilt and purify the heart. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Christ will transfer the sinner out of darkness into His marvelous light and will be saved with all the power of eternal life. God always hears the call of the repentant sinner. Secondly, I want you to understand that God always hears the call of the redeemed sinner. I am so thankful that even after we have trusted Christ as our personal Savior and we have become a child of God, God still wants to respond to our call. Psalm 91.15 He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him, and honor him. Isaiah fifty-nine one. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that it cannot hear. Isaiah 65.24 And it shall come to pass, that before they call, I will answer, and while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Jeremiah 29.12 Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Keep in mind, God's word tells us that he hears and he answers. However, we must accept whatever answer he gives us, and also understand that his answer isn't always what we want to hear. Sometimes, God's answer is no. God hears the prayers. He heard the prayers of Daniel and the three Hebrew young men, even though they still ended up going through their own storms. Daniel ended up in the lion's den, and the three Hebrew children ended up in the burning, fiery furnace. God heard the prayer of Paul, who sought the Lord three times to remove the thorn in his side. God heard the call, but the answer was in 2 Corinthians 12, verse number 9, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul said, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. To the Apostle Paul, God said no to removing the thorn from his side. But he gave Paul something better. Paul learned grace. Remember this, the one who dampers the storm responds In the midst of the storm. You and I can call upon God, no matter how severe the storm. While it's starting out as a drizzle, call upon God. In the middle or the eye of the storm, call upon God. As you're coming out of the storm, call upon God. And when the clouds are rolled away and the sun begins to shine, still call upon God. Because He responds to our call. So not only does He respond to our call, but secondly, I want you to learn something about God. And it's this, that God always rules the circumstance. Not only does He respond to our call, but He always rules the circumstance. In verse number 39, the Bible tells us, And He arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace be still. Hours before His crucifixion, Jesus informed His disciples that they would be once again frightened and scattered and desert Him. Here, Jesus gave them peace, but He told His disciples later on at the Last Supper that once again they were going to go through an even more frightening storm that would cause them to scatter and desert Him and not even have anything to do with Him. John 16:32 tells us, "Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me." Yes, he said that to them, but in verse number 32, but in verse number 33, he said, "In the world, ye shall have tribulation. He was preparing them for storms in life. But notice what he said. Later on he said, But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. He taught them several times that he ruled the wind and the sea. He was the one who rules the circumstances. He's control of the storm. But before he would be crucified, he also reminded them that there would be even more storms coming. He told them, You shall have tribulation. But then he said, be of good cheer. It was a reminder for them not to be worried. It was a reminder for them that he was in control. It was a reminder for them that they could be calmed. Just as he trampled upon the waves of the sea, walked on the water, and and has the authority to rebuke it, he is also in control of any circumstances he places in our lives. He has overcome the world. He has overcome the storm. Remember that the one who dampers the storm is the one who rule, rules the storm. Not only does He always respond to our call and rules the circumstances, but thirdly, I want you to see in verse number 39 that He always reassures us in dampening the storm. He always reassures us in dampening. The storm. Verse 39, Jesus said, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. One preacher said, The force of the sea was muzzled as Jesus subdued it with the force of his sovereign word and authority. You see, my dear friends, this was a spiritual battle more than it was a weather battle. Jesus was wanting the disciples to seek peace in him, not merely to get them to safety from the weather. Jesus wanted the disciples to trust in Him and be calmed in their souls and find peace in Him rather than getting out of the waves and the seas. And that's what God wants for you and for me. When He places us in the midst of the storm, He wants us to find peace in the center of Him. John sixteen thirty three a the Bible says these things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Philippians four seven and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Colossians three fifteen and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you are called in one body and be ye thankful. When our souls are troubled, our peace is found in the person of Jesus Christ. I think of the words of the hymn. Far away in the depths of my spirit tonight rolls a melody sweeter than psalm. In celestial-like strains it unceasingly falls. O'er my soul like an infinite calm. Peace, peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above, sweeping over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. Ah, soul, are you here without comfort and rest, marching down the rough pathway of time? Make Jesus your friend ere the shadows grow dark. Oh, accept of, his, of this sweet peace so sublime. Peace, peace, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above, sweeping o'er my spirit, forever I pray in fathomless billows of love. God always reassures us in dampering the storm because He says to our soul, Peace, be still. The Bible says, And there was a great calm. God wants to calm your soul. God wants to calm your heart. God wants to calm your mind. Let Him be your peace in dampering your storm. So Jesus, first of all, responds to our call. Secondly, he always rules our circumstances. Thirdly, he reassures us in dampering the storm. And the fourth thing I want you to learn in this lesson from Jesus Christ is found in verse number 41. When the disciples saw what Jesus did and created the great calm, He said unto his disciples, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? Verse 41 tells us, And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the crux of the lesson. This is what the main point of this account is. The fourth thing I want us to see is that in the midst of the storm, God always reveals himself. In the midst of a storm, God always reveals himself. Jesus is revealed to us as who he truly is in verse number 41. When the disciples said, what manner of man is this? They learned that this was not a mere individual. What these mariners were essentially saying was, surely this person in the boat with us cannot be a mere man. He must be more than a man. He must truly be God that has such power over the wind and the sea. And my dear friend, if you're listening today, this is the greatest question that can be answered in life. And the question is this, Who is Jesus Christ to you? Has He been truly revealed to you in Scripture? The Bible is clear in revealing Him to us, that He is the God-man, he who stands equal with God on the high level of deity and equal with man on the low level of humanity. Jeremiah 24, 7 says, And I will give them an heart to know me that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. John seven twenty eight. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am, and I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. John twelve forty five. And he that seeth me seeth him that sent me. John fourteen nine. Jesus saith unto Philip, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. Colossians one fifteen tells us that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Hebrews one three says that Jesus, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He hath by Himself purged our sin, sat down on the right hand of the Majesty on high. My dear friends, Jesus didn't take these men into the midst of the sea and storm to ruin them, but rather to reveal Himself to them so that they can find peace in Him. Matthew 11, verses 28-30 through says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, my dear friends, Jesus Christ wants to reveal himself to you. The Bible makes it very clear that he always reveals himself. And if you're asking today, who is this Jesus? What manner of man is this? Then let him reveal himself to you in his word. I close with this. In revealing himself to these disciples, not only was their physical well-being spared, but more importantly, their souls were saved because they came to know the true and living God. There was much more to learn, but this was a pivotal moment in their lives and the ministry of these disciples. The main crux of this account is not the storm, nor is it the sailors, but rather the Sovereign Savior. Storms are not designed to face our enemies, but rather they are designed to focus on our God. The presence, power, and purpose of the storm is not simply for us to call upon the Sovereign for relief from the storm— but rather the call upon him for rest as he reveals himself to us through the storm. If the King of creation can sleep peacefully through the storm, then we who understand him, who understand his power, his presence and purpose, should also be at rest as well. There can be a great calm in our hearts. Relief from the storm is not the best thing from us. Rather, resting in Christ because he has revealed himself to us through the storm, after the storm, and into the next storm. That is the best thing for us. That's what this account account is all about. It's revealing God through Christ so that we might have rest. I close with a hymn. Jesus, I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art, I am finding out the greatness of thy loving heart. Thou hast bid me gaze upon thee and thy beauty fills my soul. For by thy transforming power thou hast made me whole. Oh, how great thy loving kindness, vaster, broader than the sea. Oh, how marvelous thy goodness lavished all on me. Yes, I rest in thee, beloved. Know what wealth of grace is thine. Know thy certainty of promise and have made it mine. Are you going through a storm in life? Let Jesus give you rest in your soul. Dear God, I thank you for the truths that we have learned in weathering the storms of life. Help us always to remember who designed the storm. That's you. Help us always to remember who directs the storm. You want us to go through it but also help us to remember who dampers the storm. You bring peace into our hearts because you are our peace. Lord, use this message for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're looking for a church family where you can serve, I'd like to invite you to Anchor Baptist Church of San Diego. We are a Christ-centered, family-oriented ministry located at 8245 Ronson Road, Suite D, San Diego, California, 92111. Our services start on Sunday for Sunday school at 9.30 a.m., and our morning worship begins at 10.45. Then we have a brief time of fellowship before we begin our afternoon service at 12.15 p.m. Our midweek Bible study and prayer time is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And if you or anyone you know is struggling with a destructive, addictive behavior, Anchor Baptist Church offers an addictions recovery ministry, which is a Bible-based recovery program that provides freedom through the power of God and His Word. This program is called Reformers Unanimous, and we meet every Friday at 7 p.m., also at 8245 Ronson Road, Suite D, San Diego, California, 92111. For more information, visit us at www.anchorbaptistchurchsd.org That's www.anchorbaptistchurchsd.org Or call us at 619-804-3413 That's 619-804-3413 Anchored in Christ is a radio broadcast supported by donations by faithful listeners like you. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you and you'd like to donate to this broadcast, please visit our website at www.anchorbaptistchurchsd.org giving and donate to Anchored in Christ radio broadcast. Thank you for listening and may God keep you anchored in Christ. You've been listening to Anchored in Christ with Pastor David Kihiwat. For more information visit anchorbaptistchurchsd.org. Tune in next week at the same time for Anchored in Christ.